we've never seen before. You've done the impossible. pretty transparent and today I made a terrible terrible mistake I had for some reason for some reason I you know I normally type out my notes on my phone but this time I wrote them out in a notebook and I left them on the coffee table this morning so everything that you're about to hear is by memory and the help of God so if I stumble a little bit um, know that it's my fault, it's not the Lord's fault. Don't blame him, blame me, okay? Oh boy. <clears throat> so, uh, this is a topic that I have picked because not that um, I've partaken in this topic necessarily, but I am familiar with it because of um, the ministry of my father uh, and what he's been doing over the last 20 plus years. Ever since I, I can remember, he's been in this ministry. Um, and that's uh, drinking. Uh, he Drinking is not ministry, of course. But helping people that are addicted to alcohol and things like that. That, that is his ministry. Um, he... Actually, this morning, about every Sunday morning, he goes around this time, right when Brother Isaacson gets up to preach, uh, he goes to a rehab, and he has a Bible study with some uh, participants of the rehab. So, uh, I know this topic very well, uh, drinking on the drinking aspect, not necessarily the drugs aspect. Because um, there's a lot more people addicted to alcohol because it's easily accessible. It is legal. And if you're 21, you can go out and get a drink. Um, drugs are a little bit harder to get. There are people that are addicted to drugs, but it's a little bit easier for people to go out and get a drink. And even if you're underage, it's a lot easier for you to go and get something to drink than it is to get drugs. Um, so anyways, today I want to talk about that. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Um, <coughs> just wait, just wait, just wait till you get up here one day, Brother Caleb, and you, you teach a lesson and you have to do everything by memory. In Jesus' name. Help them, Lord. Help me, Lord. Okay. So, um, so I want you to know today, I want you to leave here today knowing exactly what the Bible says about drinking, alcohol, and then what our perspective, what our position as apostolics are or is about drinking. Okay, first off, when I say drinking, I'm not talking about going to Sonic and getting a soda. You know this. 
When you say drinking, you're talking about drinking alcohol. You go out and you drink, right? Um, alcoholic beverages, not necessarily, um, not necessarily something like apple cider that you can get from IKEA. That's not an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> if you don't know that story, come ask me later. I'll tell you. It's it's so funny. Um, but anyways, just FYI, if you go to Ikea, you get apple cider in a can. It has like .001% alcohol. If you need to know what Ikea is, I will let you know later. This one in Memphis. Um, anyways, this is probably not going to be podcast worthy, I'm sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to be a little relaxed okay and talk to you and to you and to you okay um so what does the bible have to say about drinking does anybody know any references of of the bible talking about any sort of alcohol anybody when jesus turned water into wine okay what about you same? Okay. Um, I'm going to be point blank about what the Bible has to say about it, okay? There's many, 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 many references to alcohol in the Bible, or at least wine. Wine is probably the... Wine is the majority of the references. There is mentionings of strong drink, and then there is also a couple of times where it talks about liquor. Okay? So, so the Bible actually, in some places, it says that it is good for you. Shocker, right? In some places it says it's good for you. In certain uh, times, in certain areas. And then some places it says it's terrible for you and it'll wreck your life and it'll wreck your family so what do we uh how do we look at that okay because if a just a regular person were to read the bible and, and look up all the mentionings of the word wine and see that the bible talks of it positively and negatively how do we come to a conclusion about what we think well there's a a theory that uh, is commonplace in Christianity, and it's called the two-wine theory, okay? The two-wine theory. Am I boring you to death yet? So, they say that every positive mentioning of the word wine in the Bible is non-alcoholic, and every negative mentioning of the word wine in the Bible is alcoholic. That makes sense, and because that the King James version was translated in 1611, they used the word wine to uh, to categorize both types of drink. Okay, because they apparently in 1611 you can say wine and mean both grape juice and alcoholic beverages. Okay, so. 
we still don't really understand, right? Because that doesn't give us a, a conclusion. Because I, I don't really buy that. And um, so, help me, Lord. I'm not telling you right now that you should go out, you should go drink, okay? But just know that in some places that the Bible talks of wine in a good way, as far as medicinal, like it's good for your stomach, it's good for medicine in some cases, and in some place like Benadryl, whoever has had Benadryl, guess what, has alcohol in it. Okay. And then guess what? If you have any sort of, uh, like I said, uh, apple cider at Ikea, some of it has alcohol in it. But does that make you inebriated? You know what the word inebriated means? Drunk, buzzed. No. So what the Bible does 100% speak negatively about is drunkenness. Okay? Every single time that drunkenness is mentioned, it is in a negative context. Yes. I'll, I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about that later because I have an opinion on that and it could be controversial. I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about it right now. Why not? Why not? To, to be correct, the Bible says not to be drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It never does say be drunk with the Spirit. Okay, well, I mean, it's a common saying. And, you know, and, and then in the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter tells them on the day of Pentecost that these are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But these, uh, this is that which the uh, prophet Joel spoke of. This is a, a, a uh, fulfillment of prophecy they're not drunk, is what he was saying. But what some preachers uh, would say is that he was saying that they're not drunk as ye suppose, but they are drunk with something. And so they go back to that scripture and say that it says to be drunk with the Spirit. Okay? Which, if you read it word for word, it never does say to be drunk with the Spirit. Okay? Does that answer your question? Not to say that those preachers are wrong, okay? I'm not, I'm not tearing them down, okay? What they had to say is correct, okay? Uh, drunkenness is so serious in the Bible that uh, did you know that God used it as a, uh, a form of judgment? 
And I, I didn't know about this until the Lord showed me this last night. I said, Lord, I need your help because I'm really nervous about this. I want my words to be very, um, I want to be very careful with what I say to these young people because I don't want them going to their parents and saying, Brother Thomas told me I could drink. Drinking is good. You know, alcohol is good. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. If you'll, if you'll bear with me, I'm going to get to the conclusion where we're against alcohol, okay? But in Jeremiah chapter 13, I think. Yeah, I remember. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 12. It says, Therefore thou shalt speak unto them this word. This is God talking to Jeremiah to speak something to uh, Israel and I believe also Judah. Okay, it says, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Every bottle shall be filled with wine, and they shall say unto thee, Do we not certainly know that every bottle shall be filled with wine? So, God's saying, I'm going to fill every one of your bottles with wine. And they're like, Well, our bottles are already filled. We already know that. Okay? And... Jeremiah answers and says, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will fill all the inhabitants of this land, even the kings that sit upon David's throne, and the priests, and the prophets, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with drunkenness. Okay? And it gets worse. And I will dash them one against another, even the fathers and the sons together, saith the Lord, I will not pity, nor spare, nor have mercy, but destroy them. Hear ye, and give ear, be not proud, for the Lord hath spoken. So, it's apparent that um, God was very upset with Israel. Um, and instead of, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to bring in this, uh, this swarm of locusts to eat all of your harvest up. Instead of putting oils on your face and 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 lice and things, lice is terrible. Um, he says, "I'm going to let you just get absolutely drunk. I'm going to let you just absolutely do what you want to do. I'm going to let you just, you know." be uh, a drunkard and the consequences of being that turns out to be destruction in that way you know I think that the Lord wants to speak to somebody today because you have possibly have been tempted by this, uh, maybe not have partaken in this yet, and you feel like that you have a conviction about it that won't let you um, drink. And, and maybe some one of your friends have, had said to you, um, given you a persuasion that goes against what the Bible says, and you're starting to think about it again, and and perhaps 
you're even tempted even more than you were before to do it. Or maybe um, another person may have already... um, has already done something like this because they've never heard what the Word of God says about it before and what um, a holy life should be. And so I'm not here to say that drinking would be a bad thing, but your lack of self-control is a bad thing. Apparently, God, uh, or they already had wine glasses full. They already had wine bottles full. That wasn't that wasn't out of the ordinary. They had uh, probably cabinets with wine in it, or something like that. They might have cooked with it. They might have used it. Uh, and and by the way, back then the water wasn't that great. It was probably better than uh, better to drink some form of wine. You had new wine, you had old wine. They had varying degrees of fermentation. It's probably better to drink that than it was the water. But now today, um, we don't have that problem. We have clean drinking water. We have things that we can uh, drink that won't make us intoxicated. So, in today's society, um, I would say that any form of drinking is for one reason, and that would be to get drunk. Just think about it for a little bit. Why does one go to a bar at all? Anybody answer? To party, but um, to to get drunk, okay? There's pretty much only one reason why you go to a bar and, and drink an alcoholic beverage, and that is to get drunk. Um, and that is today's society. Um, maybe back in in the the Bible days, uh, I don't. They they might have had bars. I'm not sure, but. It were, there was no social drinking necessarily. Well, there was. There was, actually. Um, when Jesus turned water into wine, they were at a wedding party, and they were drinking wine. So, but that wasn't necessarily, um, I don't know. Moving on. But the reason why the reason why the Bible talks about drunkenness in such a negative context is because it um, impairs your vision, it impairs your senses, it impairs your thinking, it impairs your, um, your motor skills. And how in the world are you going to fulfill the will of God for your life if you are intoxicated. Not only that, you won't be a good father, you won't be a good mother, and you will not be a good citizen if you remain intoxicated. 
being growing up with my dad and and seeing the devastation that drunkenness that alcoholism causes on a family is just terrible it destroys and and i have you know we just read we have biblical evidence that drunkenness destroys so so here is some advice here is what i've gotten as advice when i turned 21 had my 21st birthday party in this room right about that area i was sitting down i was having a good time i wasn't drinking uh um pastor isaacson was there he came up to me he put his hand on my shoulder he said brother just because you can doesn't mean you should and he left and that has stuck with me for seven years oh my goodness <laughs> i'm 28 yes for seven years i've i've heeded that word i was able to go legally and get a drink and some would look at the bible and say i was biblically enabled to go get a drink the bible doesn't say hey don't drink unless you're wanting to be a bishop or some sort of higher up ministry it does say to abstain from drinking okay but just because you can doesn't mean you should and here's what my father always told me he said son if you never do it you'll never miss it and if you get addicted to anything if you try something the first time and you like it and you get addicted to it and you try to get off of that stuff you're going to miss it it's called withdrawals it's a real thing and people it is a it is a physical pain it literally is it eats people up from the inside it's it's just say i'm going to quit tomorrow i'm going to quit today or whatever it's an addiction it it grabs a hold of you so if you never try it you will never get addicted to it you will never have that stronghold on your life that you have to break one day and people i have seen it time and time again people get delivered from addiction like that and then they get into church they get the holy ghost they get baptized and then they decide you know they're at the point they're in rehab once they get out of rehab once they get a car they they leave they have the holy ghost they have the power of god working in them they have been delivered and once they leave and they get on their own, they get around their old friends, that power, the power of the Holy Ghost is useless to someone's own will. So, I'm sorry to be heavy today, but this is the real stuff. This is the tough questions. That's, that's why we're dealing with this. I don't want any one of you 
young people, especially at this age, um, the majority the majority of y'all are um, under seventeen. Shouldn't even be thinking about this, but society has pressured you, and you are thinking about this because uh, it's made to to make you think that you look cool when you drink. You have peer pressure, and and um, yeah. So here's here's I'm going to wrap it up because I don't have anything left. Be a stronger influence than what your friends are to you. Be a stronger influence to your friends than they are to you, okay? You've got the Holy Ghost. You don't know what you can do for your friends. Maybe they're dealing with something like this too. And this is not uncommon for anybody. This temptation is not uncommon for anybody just about every person will encounter some temptation like this and you've got to make sure that you're strong uh, in, in, in the word strong in prayer and strong in the Holy Ghost to be able to resist it because if there's a weakness then the enemy will sneak in real quick and he'll attack you right there when you're at your weakest and will bring you down. Um, so that's all I have. Thank you all very much. Let's see if they have some questions. Um, because I, I, I do want to pull from Brother Thomas's study on this topic. I want you to be able to ask questions because I don't want anybody to leave with any kind of like residual question in your mind. Um, so I'm going to let you just think just a minute about a question about drinking. So I like what Brother Thomas did. He's very honest with you is that the, there is no verse in the Bible that says thou shalt not drink alcohol of any kind. So we have to get this, this picture clear in our mind. Because it does, the Bible does shrink it, starts shrinking it down, whereas drunkenness is always a sin, so then you can't be drunk. So then you're like, okay, so I could drink, but then I, I can't be drunk. And then it says it, it forbids strong drink, so that takes out. So the only thing favorable is wine, possibly, even possibly favorably mentioned is wine, and then you can't drink it to where you're drunk. So that's a pretty small circle. So if you wanted to argue that you could, you know, take a drink of wine and not go to hell, then I might could go with you there. And some churches even take real wine at communion. But Brother Thomas did mention that when the word wine is used, we're not always sure exactly what the definition is because the words were interchangeable between wine and grape juice. It's very clear in the grocery store today what's wine and what's grape juice, but there it was not clear. They had one word. It actually, Jesus even calls it the fruit of the vine, which just means it came from grapes. So we didn't always know what the alcohol level was. Okay, so that's that shrinking down.
So anybody have any questions, any follow-up questions about a specific passage of Scripture? This has been an episode of Axiom Youth Student Ministries. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed, and we hope you'll come back for the next one. Thank you for tuning in.